Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie, the Pula. What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human floorburn. Oh, don't mess with the boots. But watch this crossover. Cole's bird of Free League Ghosts. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. And as of today, look for that blue check mark next to my name. Who verified me? Who let me get verified? <laughs> Shout out to the Locked on Podcast Network for uh, uh, going through all of the trials and tribulations that it takes to get people verified on Twitter these days and getting their hosts verified, including yours truly earlier today. I will continue to fight the man from the inside. Now that I am verified. Today's episode of Locked Up Bulls is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Um, we got to talk about Scottie Pippen on today's show. We will get to that a little bit later on. The dude is going viral for all the wrong reasons, um, but it certainly has been entertaining. So we'll get to that in a little bit, uh, but the first thing that we have to do today is address some news about this very podcast. Um, a lot of you uh, who are on Twitter may have seen my co-host Jordan Malley's announcement earlier this morning that Jordan will be leaving Locked on Bulls. Now, I will let him speak for himself as far as uh, the decision he made. He and I will have at least one more show on the mics together where he can um, talk about his experience on this podcast and uh, and the decision he's made to move on. Um, and I will still be here. I'm going to stay with Locked On Bulls on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I will be bringing in a new co-host. When the time is right, I will let you all know who that is, and we will make that formal announcement. Uh, but you might have some solo episodes for me through next week uh, as well. So I basically just wanted to take this opportunity to thank Jordan um, and to talk to you guys a little bit, um, if you didn't know, about my background and how I came to be a part of this podcast with Jordan Malley. Um, I moved back from New York City in the fall of 2014 to my sweet home, Chicago, because I wanted to make a career change. Um, I had been an actor, uh, a struggling actor, to put it kindly, uh, through the first five years out of college, bounced around between Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. And um, when I looked at that, what what my career was, where I was heading, and thinking about making a change, 
talking about my beloved sports team seemed like something that was a a solid path, um, something that could present an opportunity for me to combine what I had spent my life studying and dedicated myself towards, which was performance um, and entertaining people and combining those talents into something that I was most passionate about and in some ways even more passionate about than, than my life as an actor, and that is Chicago sports. So I came home with really not much of a plan. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a, uh, a short internship at ESPN 1000. I studied under the amazing Jonathan Hood for a number of months, uh, met some people, uh, learned some ropes. But when that internship came to an end, I basically was out on my own and trying to figure out how the hell to find my way in, in this competitive business, uh, just as competitive as, as the, the Hollywood world, the acting world, sports media. As, as some of you who listen to this podcast, who have your own podcast, probably well know, it's difficult. It's difficult, difficult to get your foot in the door. And uh, Jordan reaching out to me was really one of my first big opportunities. So I had been hosting uh, or co-hosting a podcast called the 312. Some of you, if you've listened to me for a long time, might remember those days that covered all of Chicago sports. And I was writing for a Chicago sports blog and, and covering primarily the Chicago Bulls for, for that sports blog. And because I was starting to become a more active member of Bulls Twitter and was writing about the Bulls on this blog and, and doing a podcast and would talk about the Bulls uh, passionately when we had Bull segments on that podcast, Jordan was at least somewhat familiar with who I was. And he had this show. He had this podcast called The Debatables. And he was, at that point in time, essentially where I am now, where he was looking for a new co-host uh, for his podcast. And he reached out to me and a handful of people. Uh, there was like an old Bulls, you know, group DM thread where he asked a bunch of people if they might be interested uh, to be his new co-host for his Debatables podcast to come on and do sort of like a, a guest episode, a tryout. And I jumped at that opportunity and said, dude, I would love to do this with you. I've listened to your podcast. I think it's great. And yeah, like I would love to come on and just do an episode with you and see how it goes. So he brought me onto an episode of Debatables and I feel like our chemistry clicked pretty immediately. Um, we we enjoyed uh, talking bulls back and forth. We enjoyed the fact that, uh, as the title itself uh, implied back then, Jordan and I debated about a lot of bulls topics. We uh, we haven't always seen eye to eye on everything bulls, and we embraced that uh, those differences of opinion. And I had a really good time. So I was hoping that he would extend that invitation to me to become his full-time co-host. And bless his heart, he did. Um, I'm sure that there were plenty of other people that he could have selected, um, other avenues he could have gone down. But for whatever reason, he he chose me, and he welcomed me into to, to his passion project. And I jumped in right away and and loved it. And back then, we were doing podcasts where we were talking about the Bulls for well over an hour. If some of you who listened to Locked On Bulls found us back in those old days, you remember we did debatables episodes that were flirting with 90 minutes in length. Um, and it's one of the things that I've always loved about Jordan is that he is just as passionate about this team as I am and that we can both just talk about the Bulls until 
somebody tells us to stop talking. And so a few months into our working together with, with the debatables, a, a former colleague of mine from, from my old Chicago sports blog job, who was the current host of Locked on Pistons, shout out to Matt Shook, um, reached out to me and said, hey, the current hosts of Locked on Bulls are moving on and the network's looking for new hosts. And I was shocked because, of course, as a Bulls fan, ingesting all the content everywhere, new Locked on Bulls. I listened to Locked on Bulls because I know Sean Hyken and I know Cody Westerland and I read all of their coverage of the Bulls. And I loved Locked on Bulls. I loved listening to Sean and Cody. So, of course, that was a giant eye-opening opportunity um, that, that was presented to, to Jordan and myself to join the Locked on Podcast Network while it was still in, you know, fairly in, in its infancy. Um, but we were so excited. Even though the network was small, it appeared to be growing. It, it uh, definitely had quality people doing NBA shows across the entire league. Um, and we really, really wanted to be a part of it. So this story continues. Um, and a quick pause in this story so that I can tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, shout out to the Cubbies for that uh, collective no-hitter team effort last night, by the way. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams are making their final playoff runs. We got Stanley Cup Finals action around the corner, conference finals in the NBA, big game tonight. Bucks and Hawks Part Two. Can't wait for that. Make your bets for that uh, by signing up for a Bet Online account. Head to that website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag with welcome promo code locked on at sign up to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So sign up with an, a Bet Online account, put a hundred bucks in, they'll give you fifty extra bucks to play with. Starting with tonight's NBA action, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, that's promo code. Locked on. So, where was I? Jordan and I get this opportunity to join the Locked On Podcast Network. We had a, a call with David Locke, head of the network, host of Locked On Jazz, who said, I listen to some of your guys' debatable shows. They're great. Um, the only thing I ask is that you try and cut their, cut down the length a little bit. We're more so about the, the quick hitter podcast, a half-hour podcast, a commute-length podcast. But other than that, just keep doing what you're doing and bring it over here to Locked On. Uh, and Jordan and I took that invitation and ran with it. And um, we've been doing Locked On Bulls together since November of 2017. Three and a half years. Um, and in those three and a half years, we've had some wonderful memories. Um, I mean, we went bowling with Bobby Portis for crying out loud. Who would have seen that coming? We've had amazing interviews with amazing guests on this show from uh, Bulls beat writers, um, celebrity NBA and Bulls fans. Um, and and obviously the, the favorite part for Jordan and I over these three and a half years is interacting with you, our listeners, with our mailbag content, with our voicemails, with our text line, interacting with you guys on Twitter, during Bulls games, after Bulls games. 
Um, and I could not have asked for a better partner to do it with. Uh, I, I think most of you know, but in case any of you don't, that not only has Jordan been you know, in the driver's seat of this podcast for these three and a half years, he's also been our producer. All of the behind-the-scenes work as far as the audio quality and audio production of this podcast, that's Jordan. Um, it is why he now works for 670 The Score as the producer weekday mornings for the Bernstein and Rahimi show. He earned that job, and he earned that job in large part because of how damn good his production work was and is on this podcast. So as a quick parenthesis, bear with us. Um, I am nowhere near the talented uh, audio engineer or editor or producer that Jordan is. So there might be some bumps in the road as we make this transition um, because he is unparalleled in his audio production skills. And that will certainly be missed. Um, but it's not what I will miss most about doing this podcast with Jordan. What I will miss most about doing this podcast with Jordan is talking bulls with Jordan every day. He is the nicest dude. Um, has always been bringing fresh ideas and interesting topics things that I wouldn't necessarily have even thought to talk about that he says, hey, I think we should talk about this today. The dude always comes prepared. Um, and uh, I'm just really going to miss doing the show with him. Like more, more than I can say, more than I can express, I'm going to miss doing this show with him. Um, and I, I wish him all the best um, as he continues his career at 670 The Score and whatever, whatever else happens beyond. My hope is that from time to time, he will, as they say, you know, don't be a stranger, pop in for an episode here or there when he feels like, you know, chatting, chatting with me or whoever else is on to talk bulls. Um, but mostly, yeah, the, the thing that I'm feeling right now is, is just sadness. Um, appreciation, uh, absolute appreciation for everything Jordan has done to help this podcast grow um, over the years. I mean, we we were just uh, remarking about how crazy it was, I don't know, a couple months back when we hit our thousand episode mark of this podcast. A thousand episodes. I don't know that Jordan and I would have predicted back when we were doing the debatables that we would do a podcast together that lasted longer than 1,000 episodes. That's a ridiculous number. Um, having well over a million downloads each of the last two years another ridiculous number that neither of us could have predicted. And again, none of that is possible without Jordan. A couple of years ago, Jordan and I um, were both approached by NBC because they had this new concept for a show. It's like a post-game show, but it's from the fans' perspective. They've got this show called Warriors Outsiders over at NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, they've got Blazers Outsiders up in Portland and they're launching this this similar concept in a few other regional markets, and we're we're doing Bulls Outsiders. Um, and they brought us both in for that. The, they brought us both in for that because Locked On Bulls was starting to gain a bit of notoriety among Bulls social media, Bulls podcasting, Bulls Twitter, and again, all of that is because of Jordan. You know, I, I bring something to the table. I I'm a cynic. Um, I yell, I'm cranky, I crack jokes at the Bulls' expense when it's deserved, 
but I also, I think, try to portray through it through more than anything that I am a diehard fan of this team and I want them to do well. But if that podcast was not as good as it was because of Jordan's work, I don't get called in for that show. And it was it was really hard, as, as, as excited as I was, to be offered a spot on that show to not see Jordan get an offer as well. Because he deserved it. Um, as, as our executive producer, Kevin Anderson, and several other people at NBC said, casting that show was incredibly difficult because everybody that they brought in for those final stages of the of the audition process to do those, you know, uh, in studio screen tests, um, whom Jordan was one of, they could have cast the show with any three of the people that they brought in, and I truly believe that. I I, I was there. I truly believe that that show would have been a success with any of the people that they brought in for those auditions, and Jordan deserved it. He surely did. And don't get me wrong, I I, I love my guys, Big Dave and John, and I'm so happy that I ended up doing the show with the two of them. Because it's always great to grow your network of Bulls fans and people who are just as crazy about the Bulls and the NBA as you are. And I didn't know them before coming in for that show. But I don't get that show without Jordan Malley. Plain and simple. End of story. I got to talk about the Bulls on a post-game TV show for a couple of years because Jordan Malley asked me to come in and do a guest spot on his podcast four years ago. Um, it's just crazy how things evolve through time. Um, w- the amount of wild things um, that have happened in that time. And um, not only is it a testament to you, our listeners, that all of those things have happened for both Jordan and myself, me getting the outsiders gig, Jordan getting a job at 670 to score because of this podcast. While the Bulls have been so bad. I mean, Jordan and I started that podcast pretty much like right after the Jimmy Butler trade and the Bulls starting to rebuild. And they have been somewhere between unwatchable and depressing um, and causing indifference in the span of these four years that Jordan and I have worked together. And shout out to all of you who have been with us for all four of those years. It is remarkable that Bulls fans are this passionate that they want to listen to a daily podcast about this team that has been irrelevant in the NBA for the last four or five years. But I don't, I I do not think, I mean, actually scratch that. I know that this podcast in these dark times of the Chicago Bulls would not have had the success it has were it not for Jordan Malley. Um, and that is the bottom line. That's what I want to say. So, um, as I said, Jordan will will be here at some point next week um, to offer his thoughts on his departure. Um, and hopefully we can have some laughs on the mics together one more time um, before, he, uh, before he moves on. Um, so thank you for indulging me, uh, listening to that. I hope you guys found it interesting. I hope it gave you a greater appreciation for um, everything that he and I have been through together uh, and certainly a greater appreciation for Jordan and everything he's done, uh, not only for this podcast, but the, thing, the things he has done for me um, and, and my career because it's something that I will never be able to repay, no matter how many kind words I throw his way. So... 
Um, yeah, that that was the big news of of the day. Uh, again, as I said, we will be moving forward. I am still going to be here. Apologies if you were wishing that I was the one leaving instead of Jordan. If you are, I don't blame you. Uh, but my hope is that we will be bringing in a new co-host uh, who you all will enjoy uh, and you all will still stick with us um, on this Locked on Bulls adventure uh, because we really appreciate all of you out there who have been listening and, and loyally listening, even those of you especially from way back in the day when Jordan and I first started. All right, we've got to talk about some Scotty Pippen stuff. What the heck is going on? First, before we get to Scotty, today's episode brought to you in part by our great friends at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, did you know they have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors? If you don't know these Bilt Bar flavors, you're missing out. You can try them all. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box from BuiltBar.com where you'll get two of each of those nine flavors. Not only are these Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy for you as well. Most of these flavors have 17 whole grams of protein, but only 130 calories. Just four grams of sugar and four grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all. So Scotty Pippen went off the deep end. This all started with an interview he did for GQ. Uh, and the column was posted, I believe, yesterday. Yesterday morning. And in this interview with GQ, he's asked about a variety of things. Um, I think he took the interview first and foremost, to promote this new bourbon. Scotty has his own bourbon brand now, and he's been going around. He's in Chicago, in the suburbs, stopping by Jewel Osco's, Benny's Beverage Depot's, doing like promotions, signing bottles of his whiskey. Um, and you've seen it. If, if you follow Scotty on Instagram, like you've seen videos of him at these places with like lines down the block and around the corner outside of this you know liquor store because everybody's trying to get a bottle of this Scotty Pippen whiskey. Um, I, I've been a little too busy. I haven't had the time to go sit in line for a bottle of Scotty Pippen bourbon. Um, I am curious to try it and see if it's any good. Cause I am a bourbon drinker myself. I'm afraid that it's not going to be good, but I may be just afraid that it's not going to be good because while he's been promoting this bourbon, Pippen has been running his mouth about all kinds of crazy shit. Pardon my language. So in that GQ interview, he's not only talking about, oh, this process, I wanted to make my own drink, I like bourbon, but they ask him about a bunch of stuff from his career. They talk to him about the last dance and how he was perceived, and and once again, just got to use that as an uh, opportunity to plug something else he's got around the corner, his book that's being released in November, which is, as he promised when promoting it, him telling his side of the story that the last dance was not a bull story, but a Michael Jordan story. He's not wrong about that. But the, the person, the, the GQ interviewer was asking him some, some pretty just like hard hitting questions that were like, Hey, let's not, you know, uh, skirt around the bush or anything. The 94 playoffs, you refused to go in for the final play. When you realized that Phil Jackson drew up to play for Tony Kukoc to take the last shot instead of you. Bulls, Knicks, huge game. And we've all heard this story. Um, even Bulls fans who were younger who weren't necessarily aware of that story 
saw that story as part of the Last Dance documentary. It was one of the many things in that doc that put Scotty in a not-so-positive light. That, the migraine against Detroit in, in 1990, et cetera, et cetera. So, Scotty says some weird things in his response to that. And he said that he thought it was a racial decision to have Tony take the last shot which certainly made me raise an eyebrow. He said things about how, you know, it used to be MJ's team and MJ would take the shot. MJ is gone now. It's my team. I should take the shot. I've earned that. I've earned that right. Echoing some of the similar sentiments of when he was asked about that in a sit down as part of the last dance documentary. Um, And in that doc, he said, if I were to go back and, you know, have the opportunity to do it differently, I'd probably do it the same way. He's still clearly upset about that. And we all know what happened. Scotty sits out, and Phil says, all right, to hell with Scotty. We're going in there. We're running this play. They run the play. Tony, catch and shoot, sinks it at the buzzer. Bulls win. I mean, incredible. Incredible part of the Bulls saga in that little period in between the MJ years of the dynasty. And it's always been something that Scotty's taken heat for and always will. MJ said that himself at the doc. He's like, I don't think Scotty's ever going to live this down. And Scotty doubled down once again in this GQ interview. And I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about the whole him claiming that race had something to do with it. Because if y'all recall, um, I, or because you were there and watching, or if you're a Bulls fan who's done their history, you know that that exact same play that they ran against the Knicks in the 94 playoffs is one that worked flawlessly in a regular season game earlier that year. And Scotty was the inbound passer who hits Tony with a pass over to the opposite side of the court. Tony, catch and shoot, turn around, boom, sinks it. Phil was running, trying to run the same play because he knew it worked. And for all of the amazing skills that Scotty Pippen had... And for undoubtedly it being his team at that time, the 94, the 93, 94 season, you know, Scotty was a guy who finished near the top at MVP voting without MJ, led the Bulls to a very impressive record without MJ. And the Bulls potentially are a Hugh Holland's call away from going all the way to the finals without MJ because Scotty was that freaking good. But this one moment, Scotty decided that. Ego was the most important thing in the stadium that night, in that very moment. Even though he knew that that play that Phil was trying to run was get the ball in the hands of a guy who had ran that play and executed it successfully earlier that year and was, in spite of all of Scotty's like skill, and Scotty's obviously a better player than Tony Kukoc, Kukoc was a better shooter. Get the hands into the guy who has the best chance of making a big shot for you late in the game where you need a big shot. And Tony proved earlier that he was up to that task and was not too afraid of that moment. And still, all these years later, we see Scotty doubling down on this stuff. You know, people say, uh, Scotty's just trying to sell his whiskey. Yeah, probably. That's probably part of the reason why he was like, hmm, what can I do to make myself go viral this week while I'm peddling this new whiskey all over Chicago? I'll say some controversial shit. 
It's working. Here we are talking about it. I couldn't not talk about it as a Bulls child of the 90s. And then you get to the stuff that he said about Kevin Durant. And bless Kevin Durant, who does not tolerate Twitter trolls. Whether they be Scottie Pippen, Hall of Famer, six-time NBA champion, or, you know, Carl29567432.2415926534, whoever. If someone's coming to KD on Twitter and somebody points it out to him, he's clapping back at them. And lo and behold, KD claps back at Scottie Pippen. So Scotty was talking about the differences between KD and LeBron and the, the Nets loss in seven to the Bucs in the Eastern Conference semis. So here's just a bit of what Scotty said in case you missed it. Has he surpassed LeBron? He being Kevin Durant. No, he tried to beat the Milwaukee Bucks instead of utilizing his team. LeBron James would have figured out how to beat them. KD is a shooter, a scorer, but he doesn't have what LeBron James has. And then here's Kevin Durant's reply on Twitter. Didn't the great Scottie Pippen refuse to go in the game for the last second shot because he was in his feelings? His coach drew up the play for a better shooter. KD not having none of this. So there are interesting layers to this because I think some of the things that Scotty said about Kevin Durant are not wrong. Is he as good of a team player as LeBron? Does he make his teammates win in the same ways that LeBron James does? No. Kevin Durant has proven to be a clutch game winner. And if it weren't for his big-ass feet, maybe we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets winning Game 7, and they are here in the conference finals right now instead of Milwaukee because he hit that shot in the final seconds of that game. And, you know, his pull-up three right in LeBron's face at Game 3 in that Warriors-Cavs series to take a convincing lead in that series. And he goes on to win a title, Finals MVP, and do it over again the following year. Kevin Durant is a proven winner. We know that. But it's also not wrong that Scotty said he's a scorer and he can win you games. But if him scoring isn't enough to win you games, he can't find other ways for his team to win. And you saw with a hobbled James Harden and an absent Kyrie Irving just how far Kevin Durant could take the super team Brooklyn Nets. And the answer was not out of the second round. Against a Milwaukee Bucks team that Giannis is great, but that team has all kinds of flaws, clearly, um, and were not coached well in that series. So here's the part where Kevin Durant's comeback also makes sense. So he hears Scottie Pippen calling him a bad teammate, essentially. You're not a team player. You're not a win-as-a-team kind of guy. LeBron is. You're not. Kevin Durant's comeback of, you want to talk about winning as a team, being a team player? You were in a playoff game where your coach asked you to be the inbounds passer to a guy who is a better shooter than you in the final seconds of a game where you need a bucket. And you sat out because you were salty and butthurt about the fact that you weren't the one being asked to take that last shot. So Scotty's right about some stuff and KD's right about some stuff. KD has his flaws as a guy that you build around. KD has certain weaknesses to his game where LeBron excels. And Scotty, look, 
that was one example that Kevin Durant gave of Scotty being a bad teammate. So like, keep my name out of your mouth when you're talking about being a good teammate. And we've, again, other examples. Whether or not you believe just how severe the migraine was when MJ needed Scotty to step up in the conference finals to tr finally try to get past Detroit, Scotty, I got a migraine. I can't play. I like I, I'm doing what I can out there, but I can't play. I'm seeing double, whatever, whatever. Um, that the postponing his surgery, and this is something else that Kevin Durant brought up in his fireback tweets before the 97-98 last dance season, where Scotty's mad about his contract, he's mad at Krause, he's mad at Jerry Reinsdorf, and saying. You know, why am I going to F my summer up to try and hurry back to be ready to play at the start of the season when I'm being so grossly underappreciated and underpaid here? To hell with y'all. I'm going to wait. And then I'm going to get my surgery at the end of the summer, and I'm going to miss the first half of the season. Good luck, guys. Durant bringing that up as, hey, Scotty, why are you talking trash about my teammate qualities when this is some of the, the Bush League stuff that you pulled? Another fair comeback from Kevin Durant. But the question that I have is, do those examples of Scotty in little pockets of and moments of time throughout the Bulls dynasty being selfish, being a bit more uh, focused on his, his salary, his ego, do those things, do those moments outweigh and supersede and therefore diminish just how damn good of a teammate Scottie Pippen was for a team that won six championships in eight years. Go back and look at Michael Jordan's NBA record playing with and without Scottie Pippen because MJ's record with Scottie Pippen, winning percentage with, with hundreds of games played, winning percentage, I think, around 730. That is excellent. In MJ's NBA games play without Scottie Pippen, he doesn't even have a 500 winning percentage. It's true. Go look it up. And Michael said at his Hall of Fame induction speech, you didn't just see me. You saw Scottie Pippen every championship I won. Michael doesn't have six titles without Scottie. And obviously, conversely, Scottie doesn't have six titles without Michael. But... It is still for sure damn true that Michael does not have six titles. The Chicago Bulls organization does not have six titles without Scotty. And for every time we heard on a 90 Sports Center highlight or a article in the Chicago Tribune, Scotty's unhappy. Scotty wants out. Scotty's demanding a trade. Scotty wants his contract renegotiated. Those were always stories that were propping up. But what was going on while those stories were being thrown out there? Other than sitting out the start of the final 97-98 season because he was, you know, opting to delay his surgery and then recovering from said surgery, he was out there winning. And he was out there helping Michael win. And not just win, oh, hey, look at our regular season. Hey, we made the play. Getting over the hump of the Detroit Pistons, winning three straight titles. Again, as I said, maybe we're talking about Scotty with a much better NBA reputation as not just the, the Robin to MJ's Batman. If Scotty leads to the Bulls in the finals by himself in 93 94, 
which was not that far away from happening. So even when MJ left, Scotty became the leader of that team. All of those Bulls teammates from the mid-90s who talk about it say, yeah, like MJ was a good leader in his own right because he didn't ask anything of you did that he didn't do himself and he grinded you, but he was trying to test you so that when we were facing tests from opponents come playoff time, we were ready. Scotty was the teammate that the other teammates actually enjoyed being around who would lift them up instead of calling them out, who would support them when they needed support. Scotty was much more well-liked by his teammates than MJ ever was. And while MJ was gone, it was Scotty's team, and he was the leader of that team. MJ comes back. Scotty goes back to being the sidekick who is underappreciated, underpaid, and gets not nearly the level of adulation, adoration, and praise that Michael Jordan gets. Because as Scotty pointed out in this GQ interview, he was freaking Michael Jordan. He had his own center of gravity. Like, he, you know, there were solar systems that revolved around him as far as media and, and fans and the attention that he was given. Clearly, Scotty resented that. And any, any sane human would in that position. Any sane human would. So this this Scotty Kevin Durant stuff is is fascinating because look you always enjoy it when NBA players either present former present versus former go at each other on social media. It is one of the great things about the NBA that I think is above and beyond other leagues, uh, other professional leagues in this country as far as the social media interaction between generations. So. I hope that this beef keeps going. And, I, you know, I've got me and my bag of popcorn. I want to see who says what next. Um, but basically, the way that I looked at this is, look, Scotty wasn't wrong about some of the things that he said about the Bulls dynasty and about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was not wrong to call out certain examples of Scotty not being a team guy. But there are also by and large, greater and more widespread examples of Scotty being one of the best damn teammates the NBA has ever seen. So this is this is shades. This is shades of gray. This is peeling back layers of an onion. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. And I would love to hear what you guys have to think about all of this Scotty and KD stuff. Um Hit us up on our text and voicemail line. 331-979-1369 is that number. Again, 331-979-1369. Of course, you can always shoot us an email at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com um, or hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. What do you think about all of this Scotty Pippen versus Kevin Durant drama that's going on on social media right now? I love it. I can't get enough of it. I think it is so deeply convoluted and there are so many layers to it. And that's why I love talking about it. So hit us up and we will get some of your opinions on a show fairly soon. Thank you for today's sponsors, both Bet Online and Built Bar. Also, grab yourself a Michelob Ultra while you're watching the conference finals game tonight. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, as always and forever to my still co-host, Jordan Malley. And uh, hopefully we will be talking to you guys um, sometime soon next week uh, about uh, our time that we spent together on this podcast um, and how much we 
appreciate you, our listeners, as we have gone through a, a crazy ride on this podcast for all these years. Um, but again, thank you, thank you, thank you to Jordan. You're my guy. You'll always be my guy. And uh, I will miss you terribly. But stay tuned for an announcement on who will be trying to fill the impossibly large shoes of Mr. Malley on an episode in the near future. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the continuation of these Eastern and Western Conference finals in the NBA. Um, NBA draft talk is whirling around. NBA draft combine going on in Chicago. Anything on your mind, Bulls or NBA related, hit us up. 331-979-1369. Have a great weekend, Bulls Nation. See Red. Be good. Peace out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.